Praise the Lord. Glory to God forevermore. I welcome us all to another edition of Faith for Dominion. Welcome to Dominion Studios. My name remains Larry Ajanoku. I welcome us again as we look into God's word today. Uh, always bear in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We're here again to look at God's word and I'm very sure God has a word for you. Before I run ahead, I want you to please invite your friends. I want you to create a party from this. I want you to forward this link to your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, and uh, let them hear God's word because the word of God has profit. It will surely profit them. And uh, you can be very sure they will be very grateful that you forwarded such a program to them. I welcome us to Dominion Studios once again. And I'm very sure God has a word for you. We started a series of teaching over, I mean, the last couple of uh, two weeks back now. Today is the third edition of the topic we are looking at, which is the shield of faith. We are looking at the topic, the shield of faith. And I'm sure that God wants us to learn more. I believe, I hope we'll be able to conclude this teaching today. Otherwise, we'll conclude next week. But I think we should be able to conclude. If you have not listened to the first two editions, the first two parts, please, I want you to, I want you to avail yourself the opportunity to go to the Facebook or go to the YouTube and please go and listen to them so that you can connect the dots together and have the full dose, the full message for, I mean, the full message as it relates to this topic. So please visit, uh, visit the website or visit YouTube or visit even also uh, the Facebook and listen to the first two editions. And always note that in the event that you have questions, please, you can always send a message to dominionvoiceoutreach at gmail.com. Dominionvoiceoutreach at gmail.com. As you do this, we will respond to you, and I believe the Lord bless you. Shall we just have a word of prayer as we go into God's word? Amen. Father, we thank you for bringing us again together to learn at your faith. We are ready to get a word from you. We are ready to hear from you. Lord, speak your word to us. Let your word bless our hearts. Let your word prosper our soul. Let your word transform our lives. Help us to be doers of this word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Welcome back. Welcome in. So we are looking at the topic, the shield of faith. And uh, in the last two editions, I just do. If I let me just try to do a, a brief recap in just about four five minutes, we looked at the shield of faith, and we made we were clear to 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 were able to say that the shield a shield is a device that protects is a a shield is a protective device, and it is that that part that we use that is used to protect and to defend ourselves against the fine darts of the enemy when the enemy tries to throw his death, his darts, his, his, his attacks, his arsenal. And I, every child of God must be, must be ready, must be willing, must be able to know exactly how to use the shield of faith in our Christian work. If you don't know how to use your shield of faith, you will become extremely vulnerable. The shield is that part, the shield of faith is that part of the armor that protects all the other aspects of the armor, the sword, the breastplate, 
the, the, the belt, the, the, I mean, even to the to your feet, the sandal for your feet, which is to the propagation of the gospel of Christ. And you know that it's the shield that we use in covering up all these various armor. So without the shield, you could be extremely vulnerable. We can be extremely vulnerable. So the shield of faith is extremely important even in our work with God. As we all know, like Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, God said to, the, to Abraham, He said, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. That is, God says, I am your protector, I am your shield. Deuteronomy 33, verse 29, God said to the children of Israel, that I am your shield. And now in the New Testament, God is our shield, but He expects every one of us to have faith, to put on the shield of faith, so that we can be able to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. What are we to be shielded from? One, we have to, we've said it, we have to be shielded from the, the, the darts, the darts, the fiery darts of the enemy, of the wicked one. When the enemy comes, like a flood, the spirit of the living God will raise up a standard. The devil's spirit, sicknesses, spiritual attacks, all these, they, they want to come against us as children of God. It's with our shield of faith that we wish them off. Also, not only that, the arrow that are fired to our emotion, to our hearts, to our hearts, to our senses, to which affect our feelings. All these things are the things that we have to put on the shield of it to wage them away. Anger, uncontrolled sexual appetite, and uh, and many, many other things that are fired into our spirit, into our subconscious, fired into our emotion, fired into our mind, which is with the shield of faith that we must be able to push them and take them away. And also, unbelief, doubt, it is the shield of faith that we are able to push this away. Remember, you cannot receive anything from God if you walk in unbelief and if you walk, if you are a doubter. There, and I've seen that in the body of Christ, we have so many unbelieving believers. Unbelieving believers. They are believers, but they are unbelieving in all their ways. It is because we do not put on, sorry, we don't put on the shield of faith. So, and also we have to be able to say that the shield of faith protects us from the facts, the feelings, the figures. Now, the facts are there. The fact says the economy is not good. The fact says the pandemic is out there. But how do you protect yourself and your family from all this pandemic and all the economic crisis? It is with the shield of faith that you are able to do that. So the facts are there. The feelings are there. You know, the Bible says we do not have the high priest that is not touched by the feeling of our infirmity. So the feelings are there. Oh, I feel, I feel, I feel nauseated. People say, I feel sick. No, 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 no. You don't walk by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. So it is the shield of faith that we're able to put away that, look, I'm not to look at the feeling, but I'm to look onto what the Word of God says. As you look closely into the Word of God, you are putting up your shield of faith. The facts are there. The feelings are there. The figures are there. Oh, the figures does not look good. One plus one is two, but I expect my one plus one to be a thousand. And one plus one become ten. It is with your shield of faith that you can multiply the results of what you desire from God. Remember, one can put a thousand to if one put a thousand to flight, two should put two thousand to flight ordinarily. But when the trigger of faith kicks in, you realize that one may put a thousand to flight, two will now put ten thousand to flight. And it is with the shield of faith that you're able to do even acting on God's word. You need that faith. And when you are coming, coming, when the enemy wants to come across, or when situations and circumstances are coming, trying to attack, it is your shield of faith that we are able to reboot it down. The five senses, what you feel, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, and also the what you taste, 
All these are the five senses. Now, all these five senses want to take preeminence over their spirit. is with our shield of faith that we're able to put them into check. Glory to God. So how does faith shield? How does uh, the shield of faith work? How does it work? We said, number one, you have to continue to hear the word of God. You cannot afford to hear God's word once and expect that that is all. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing continually the word of God. The word of God you had yesterday is not sufficient for tomorrow. It's not to be sufficient for two weeks. Just like when you eat. You don't say because I have eaten yesterday, you're not going to eat again tomorrow. No, you keep eating for you to, to for you to be sustained, for you to continue sustain, for you to sustain this body, because you need this body to be able to touch the, the physical world. So, so also it is with faith, with 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 you building or putting on your shield of faith. You have to consistently hear the word of God. You have to consistently hear the word of God. Every day we must stay before the word of God. Number two, we talk of meditation. Meditation. If you cannot, if you cannot meditate, then you cannot actually put on your shield of faith effectively. We said something, we stopped here, we said four things last week. We talked about different faces before we get to meditation. The first one is where you hear God's word, maybe or hear, listen to the auto, uh, audio Bible. Then number two, you read the word of God. Then number three, you study the word of God. Number four, you meditate in the word of God. Then the last one that I'm going to give to us today is you teach the word of God. Now, teaching and preaching is the highest form of meditation. Whatever you teach, whatever you have meditated upon, and then you preach it, you realize that it takes control of you. That is, you move from the realm of meditation in the thought realm, you now move to confession, which is the highest form of meditation. When you declare it, it's the highest form. So that is why it is important. The Bible makes it clear to us that until you confess, you don't have what you see. Until you declare, you don't have what you, what you expect. So your declaration is extremely important. It's extremely crucial. To it's extremely crucial to you make putting on your shield of faith. A lot of people say, "Well, I have the shield of faith. I have the word of God in me." No, you mean it is good. Have the word of God in your heart. Meditate upon it. But the highest form is you must declare it. Anything you don't declare, you cannot effectively see. Whatever you declare is what you see. Whatever you declare is what you see. The Bible says I, that the power of life and death is in your tongue. It is not in your physical tongue. This is in the declaration you make. When you say, I am well, your body begins to respond. Then you are putting on the highest the shield. So you cannot say you are going to the north and not declare it. You must also declare, I'm going to the north. Then you go to the north. Then you declare you are going to the south. You go to the south. You cannot be declaring you are going to the west and expect to be in the east. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You, whatever you declare is what you see. That is why a short mouth is a short life. The Bible makes it clear to you. So that we give you a mouth and a wisdom that the enemy cannot contradict nor get say. You must be able to declare what you want to see. For the fact that you are declaring and you are not seeing it yet does not mean that it's not going to come to pass. You have to continue to say it and say it and declare it and then you eventually see it. But you don't say, oh, I've declared it once, two, three times and it's yet to manifest. So therefore you withdraw yourself. No, it doesn't work like that. They put it on your shield of faith. Walking by it does not work like that. You have to continue to say it and say it and say it until you see the physical manifestation. You don't stop declaring it. You just have to continue to declare it. And then the third one we looked at is 
for you to put or to for you to activate to for you to put in place your shield of faith you must have an understanding of the word and that is still part of the second point when you understand it then you can teach it now if you don't understand the scripture you cannot you cannot walk by faith you cannot walk by faith you must understand the scripture it is when you have an understanding of it, that's when you can actually put on your shield that's when it, can, it becomes real that's when you you're able to quantify that of the enemy now for, for example you say okay the bible makes it clear the bible says in that day shall the body be lifted from your shoulder the yoke from your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointed now it is not enough for you to have that word in your heart meditate on but you must declare it. But before, as you declare, you must also understand what you are declaring. If you don't understand what you are declaring, it may become impotent. It may not be effective. And that is why a lot of us church people, believers, we miss it. We don't try to understand what God is saying. Understanding has to do with revelation. Revelation knowledge. I'm an understanding of the word. Now, in that day, shall the body be lifted from my shoulder. Then you have to find out what is a burden. Do you know what a burden is? Now, when you understand what a burden is, and then the yoke from your neck, go and find out what is a yoke. How does it work? Why did Isaiah say this? The yoke from your neck, and the yoke shall now be destroyed because of the anointing. You must have an understanding of what a burden is. I want to understand of what a yoke is. I want to understand of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You must have an understanding of the anointing, how it operates. Now, when you now have an understanding of it, when you declare it, you realize that it becomes effective. It becomes very, very effective. The reason why many of us in the body of Christ are not seeing results is because we are only declaring what we think or what we have been told. We don't really understand. Remember that if, uh, that Ethiopian uh, eunuch. When he was going, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Philip. He said, come on, catch up with that chariot. And then as he caught up with the chariot, he said, do you understand what you read? He said, how can I understand if nobody tells me? So that means understanding, it is the gateway to revelation knowledge. And revelation knowledge is that which helps us to put on our shield of faith effectively. If you don't have an understanding of what you are talking about, then you cannot operate and have the shield of faith in walking through your life. Amen. So you have to have understanding of the promises. Have understanding of it. Now, when you now have an understanding and you declare it, the next thing is for you to put on your shield of faith is that you must pray over the promises. Pray over the promises that you understand. Now, prayer is a form of declaration, whether you like it or not. When you pray, you just don't, even though you may be praying within your spirit, but you are making declaration, you are talking. Prayer in itself is a form of confession. For example, you say you want to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you because it is well with me. What are you doing? You are declaring. Now you can imagine when you now pray for a long time, maybe two, three, four hours, what you are doing is that you are praying. You are declaring to God what God has said concerning you. You are bringing it back to him. You are bringing it back to him. So prayer is not just a ritual. Prayer involves you talking. It involves you declaring. It may be like you are declaring it to the atmosphere. The, the, the universe can hear what you are saying. The creation of God can hear them. 
That is why many people, if you don't find, find time to pray, then you have having limited time to declare. So that is why people will tell you that when you pray long, you declare a particular thing, a particular promise for long, you are creating the world around you through those prayers, through those declarations. So that is why it is important after you have finished praying, you just go go and begin to declare something that is contrary to what you have prayed about. When you declare contrary to you, negate those things you have said in the place of prayer. So you must, we must pray over the promises. Pray over the promises until you feel your faith strengthened and your heart changed. This is important. Prayer does not change God, but prayer changes you that is praying. That is why it's often said that, look, you cannot be sinning and be praying. And you cannot be a praying person and at the same time be sinning. No. One of them must give way for each other. So you must be a prayerful person. By being a prayerful person, you are declaring it. Now when you pray, I use the word feel. I know feel has to do with the sense ray. But when I'm saying it in the sense, I, maybe the right word for me to actually use is you sense. Because we only sense in the spirit. But I'm using the word feel so that I can pass this message across. You must pray over what the promise that God has given to you until you feel it in your spirit. That is, until you sense it in your spirit. Until you sense it in your spirit that, wow, it's done. And that is what we call conviction. You get to a point where that conviction hits it. Where you have peace from within you. You have peace from within you. And when that peace happens, you realize that your heart is strengthened. Your heart is very much strengthened. I want us to look at Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse uh, 5 to 7. Philippians 4, 5 to 7. Glory to God. Do I have it on my screen? Philippians 4. Now, now, now the, the scripture makes it clear of what you can think about, meditate about, and all what you can meditate about, what you can think about. Now, when you look at that scripture, you have to get into it, get into it, until your heart is changed. Unbelief is gotten rid of. Unbelief is gotten rid of. Unbelief is, is taken away totally. Now, when you look at that Philippians, let's look at Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8, it, it makes it clear. He said, how blessed are you, O Israel? Who, who else is like you? Oh, sorry, Philippians 4, 8. I'm reading the Trulomi. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians 4, 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things, that things of things that are excellent and praiseworthy. These are the things that we should really install in us put on the inside of our being pray over it that's how your the prayer must go the prayer must go in that direction prayer must go in that when you pray to that point your heart gets rid of unbelief you pray to a point where you begin to you feel it that's how the bible says the effectual heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, which is dynamic in his walking. Their heartfelt, continued prayer. And that's how the, the, the Amplified puts it. But the King James Version says, the effectual, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's how the King James Version puts it. The prayer you pray upon the promise to a point 
wherein you know deep down in you, yes, it is done. It must be heartfelt. Your heart must change. Your heart must change from a position of unbelief to a position of faith. If there's any, you pray until, you pray or, or, or with the revelation of God's word, until you know it and you know it in your heart, that this is done, it is done, it is done. You just know it in your heart. That is the position wherein you enter into the place of peace. You enter into a place of peace wherein your heart is at peace. You know it is done. People ask you, but you have not seen it, but I just know it is done. You enter into the rest. You enter into the place of peace. Into a place of peace. So you must pray the promises. As you declare when you are out there and whatsoever, you must have the time to pray. Pray to a point where you know I have peace. Number five, or the next one, is you must acknowledge the justification of Christ by faith. When you are putting on your shield of faith, putting on your shield of faith, beloved, you must know, acknowledge, receive, and acknowledge the justification of Christ by faith. You must. Now listen to me. If you have not been joy, if you don't acknowledge it, if you don't have faith in it, that in itself will discount you when you don't acknowledge it. But when you acknowledge the justification which you have received by faith, you realize that you have boldness to come to God. Now listen to me. Whenever we approach God, we are not approaching God on the strength of who we are or what we have done. We approach God on the platform of the justification and the righteousness that is in Christ Jesus. By implication, technically, let me explain what happens when you go to the place of prayer and you say, in Jesus' name, immediately you stand before God and you say, in the name of Jesus, God no longer sees you because your own righteousness, no matter what you do, is like a filthy rag. Now what God sees is the righteousness of Christ. The face God sees is the face of Christ. That's what God says. That's who God says. He sees Christ. So that means when we approach God, and we say we are being justified. We are justified by what Christ Jesus has done. That is why Christianity is not a religion. It's, it's you receiving Christ. Christ living his life through you. Religion is you making yourself, doing things that will make you to be acceptable to God. That's religion. This is what I will do for me to be acceptable to God. But... Christianity is what Christ has done, what God has done for you. Living the life of Christ. Living the life of Christ. Not you trying to make yourself presentable to God. And that is, Christianity is Christ Jesus. God now looks out for you. God comes out for you. It is not you going after God. God is the one going after you. And then when he brings you in, he now wants you to walk with him. For you now to walk with him. For you now to walk with him. But before you become a Christian, it is God that comes after you. It's God that comes after me. It is not you that went after him. He came after you. Religion is you going after God. But Christianity is God coming after you. It is vice versa. So that is why it's very, very important. You have to receive the justification of Christ. What Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. That is why the Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. The boldness I possess to approach God is not the boldness of what I have done, but the boldness of what Christ Jesus has done. We approach the throne of mercy. We approach the throne of grace based on what Christ has done. And thank God we just celebrated Easter last week. The Easter weekend just ended. So we are celebrating the death, the, the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
on the cross of the record of death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is no longer on the cross, mind you. No, 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 no. He's no longer on the cross. He's not there. He's no longer, he's no longer in the tomb where he was laid. He is now risen. He is risen. He's, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. He's risen. And he's currently seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for you and I. And that is why this word is coming to you. Because this word is coming to you. Because this guy has been praying that this word will come to you and will profit, will profit you. And that you may be able to have a walk that is worthy with him. So, justification. Acknowledge it. And that is one of the greatest shields of faith you can have. Because the devil will come to bring condemnation. He wants to bring condemnation to you. He wants you to feel, oh, you are not worthy. He wants you to feel, oh, you are condemned. Now look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans 5, 1. He says, therefore, since we have made, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have been made right. We didn't turn right ourselves. But he made us right. Jesus Christ made us right in God's sight. Now, God does not look at you with resentment. God does not look at me as a sinner. He looks at me as a saint. He, Jesus Christ made us right. Since we have been made right, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. We have peace with God. God is no longer annoyed. God is not mad at you. God is no longer is not is no longer mad at us. He's no longer angry at us. He, he, we have been made right by what Jesus Christ did. So we have been justified. Justified means just as though we have not sinned. Just as though we have not sinned. We have been justified. He that is in Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold. All things have become new. We have been justified. We have been justified by faith. And lastly, consistently putting on your shield of faith, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. We need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Without you praying in the Holy Ghost, we cannot achieve more. Now look at Jude 20. Jude 20. Jude 20 says, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, Praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, our faith is sharpened because it's a build up yourself in your most holy faith. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, your sensitivity is high. It is no longer you that is praying, but the Spirit of God is praying through you. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are right on mark. You are right on mark. You are praying in the Holy Ghost. You are sharpening your spirit and your spirit man. Your spirit man can pick things in the spirit. I feel so charged in the spirit in the studio here. I feel like just praying in the Holy Ghost the more. Now, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, you are sharpening your spirit man. Then your faith is being quickened. If you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have to be baptized because it's like somebody who is just seeing with one eye or somebody who is hopping on one feet. You have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Speak in tongues. Pray in the Holy Ghost. When you pray for long hours in the Holy Spirit, when the enemy comes, you realize that it becomes easy for you to be able to wage them off because you already have inner stamina. You have inner stamina. It's not only when you get to church that we must pray in the Holy Ghost. While you are cooking, you can pray in the Holy Ghost. 
you drive and you pray in the Holy Ghost. In your office, you can pray in the Holy Ghost under your breath without making, without disturbing other people. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. When you pray so much in the Holy Ghost, your spirit man is alive. Your spirit man is charged. And you're able to declare. And you're able to see the way God sees. You're able to see the way God sees. Now look at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I begin to round off right now. Romans 8, 26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. There are times, in fact, many times, not at times, many times I want to pray. I cannot find the right word to communicate what I want, what I want to pray about. I just switch to the Spirit. And as I pray in the Holy Ghost, I pray in the Holy Ghost, I know the Spirit of God is helping me to pray accurately. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are praying accurately. You must not pray, you must not conclude, you must not conclude in yourself that you are praying over a matter without you praying in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the understanding. No, 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 no. Don't stop like that. On the matter, after you are praying in your understanding, you must pray in the Holy Ghost. Because of our understanding, we cannot see, many times we can't see beyond our nose. Except we are being led of the Spirit to pray that way. But you know what? When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you pray with groanings that cannot be expressed. That cannot be expressed. Look at that scripture again, Romans 8.26. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. He helps us in our weaknesses. How does he help us? For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for. You don't know how to pray accurately. You don't know how to pray accurately. Many times, at times, I'm trusting God for something. Inside my mind, I'm thinking, this is the way God will answer me. And I pray this particular way. And I realize that God just takes it and comes another way. But because I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, I realize that God can come in diverse ways to get things done. And he is not, we should not, or when you pray the Holy Ghost, you're not putting God in a box. You are praying and you are releasing yourself to the power of the Holy Ghost. You are releasing yourself to the Spirit. And the Spirit of God makes groanings for us which cannot be expressed in human words. I want, to, I want to round off here. Beloved, to put on your shield of faith effectively, you need to be somebody that prays in the Holy Ghost. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost. You need to pray in Spirit. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you can ask God. Jesus Christ said, there is no one whose child will ask for bread, or will ask for bread, and the father will give him serpent, or will ask for fish, and the father will give him scorpion. Then if you, if we, know how, you human, know how to give good gifts to your children, so how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to as many people that ask him. That is to say, by implication, God is willing to baptize on the Holy Spirit because he wants the journey with him to be smooth. He wants us to speak, into, to agree with him and speak with him and pray with him in coded language by which we shut the devil out of the conversation. I want to pray with you right now. If you have listened to me today and you are not born again, you need to give your heart to Christ. That is the starting point. Before you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you need to be born again. If you're not born again, and you don't have a passion for God, you don't desire God, and you think you are speaking in the Holy Spirit, in speaking in tongues, I doubt which tongue you are talking about. Because you have to first give your heart to Jesus. After you have given your heart to Jesus, he said, when I go, I will send the comforter to you. 
I will send to you the comforter. So how do you want to? What what, what are you talking about? If you have, if you have not accepted the one I say, you sending the comforter. So the starting point is: you have you given your heart to Christ? Have you? Are you born again? If you are not born again, you can be born again right now. I want to lead you in this prayer and this message. And I want you to please pray the prayer a minute from your heart. And I tell you, you wish you are surely born again. Whether you are watching me live or you are watching this broadcast at a later time, as long as you say this prayer with me and you mean it from your heart, Christ Jesus accepts you and you are born again. Shall we pray? I want you to please bow down your heads and say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that Christ Jesus came and died and rose from the dead for my sake. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Today, I give my heart to you. Today, I am born again. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me with your precious blood. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. I'm so excited that you are saved. You are born again. Now listen to me. I'm not, much right, I'm not more righteous than you. You're not giving your heart to Christ today. Because what you have simply done is you have accepted the righteousness of Christ. You have been justified. What I have as my righteousness is what you have. And that is the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of God. That is in Christ Jesus. So you are, I'm not more righteous than you. Your pastor is not more righteous than you. We are all have the same material of righteousness, which is Christ Jesus. So you are welcome to the family. You are welcome to the family of Christ. And now you are giving your heart to Christ. Please, I want you to look for a Bible-believing church and go meet their pastor. Tell them personally sent you to them and that you came so that you can be a part of the member of the body of Christ so that you can grow. And I want you to get a Bible and start reading from the gospel according to John. You will see there in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God. Continue to read. Anytime you stop, mark it. Continue to read daily, taking the word of God. It is there you design the word of God that you can actually grow and know God. That means God is not speaking to you. God speaks to us through his word. A lot of people say God is not speaking to me and they keep their Bible closed. How do you want God to speak to you? God speaks to us through his word. You can't say you're not hearing God and keeping your Bible closed. You must open your Bible and read. So also with you. So please get the Bible. Start reading the word. God's word, the Bible, is God's love letter to us. God bless you as you study the word. Now for every one of us that are there, I want to pray with us as I round off. Please start walking with God. Start your walk with God. Put on your shield of faith. Don't let the devil rub your nose to the ground. It is insulting to what Christ Jesus Christ to what Christ Jesus Christ did, to what Jesus Christ did, the price he paid for us. It is insulting for the devil to be running you rubbing your nose to the floor. So the reason why we have gone through this three-part series is because God wants you to put on your shield of faith. Please go back listen to part one, two. This is the part three. And I'm too sure the Lord will bless you. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, I thank you for your word we have had today. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Jehovah God, you will help us. 
according to the word we have had today, let this word find expression in our spirit. Let this word find expression in our heart. Help us, oh God, that this word will become real to us. We are able to put on the shield of faith that we may be able to quench the fire in that of the devil. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice today. In any way that you have been oppressed of the devil, I command you, Satan, take your hands off God's people's life. In the name of Jesus, I set you free from every oppression of the devil. I set you free from every attacks of the devil. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he may destroy the works of the devil. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command every works of the devil to be destroyed in your life. In the name of Jesus, be free of that sickness. Be free of that infirmity. In the name of Jesus, but if the Son of Man shall set you free, you shall be free indeed. I set you free from that depression. I set you free from that sickness. I set you free from that disease. I set you free from that infirmity. In the name of Jesus, I command the doors of increase to be open to you. I command the doors of prosperity to be open to you. I command the doors of prosperity and doors of lifting to be open to you. In the name of Jesus, at every crossroad you will know where to turn to. You are lifted in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you real good. Quickly, more resources for you. You can visit dominionvoice.com. Visit the website dominionvoice.com. Get a lot of resources. Bless it will bless you. Visit Dominion Voice Christian Outreach. That's the website. Uh, that's the YouTube uh, page. Or type Larry Ajanoku. Dominion Voice Christian Outreach. Type it in. You would see on the YouTube. There are lots of resources that you can be blessed with. Now listen to me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you're on Spotify, you can also link up Dominion Voice Christian Outreach on Spotify. You can always get resources there as well. And if possibly you want, you, you want to be a part, send a request to Facebook Dominion Voice. We'll accept you in. You'll be, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be made a friend. And then you can go to the Facebook page also. Tons of resources are there. And if you have any questions or testimonies, please be free to, to send a mail to me on dominionvoiceoutreach at gmail.com. The Lord bless you. The Lord increase you. The Lord prosper you. The Lord prosper you. You will flourish on every side in Jesus' precious name. Now listen to me carefully. There's a program that is coming up next week, Sunday. Next week, Sunday, is the woman at the well. The woman at the well is one of one of uh, one of our um, ministers here, having that as an outreach. Uh, Minister Shay Ings. Now, I want you to you to send. You can send a request uh, uh, to. You can send a request to woman at the well. Woman at the well at gmail.com. or you send a mail to Dominion Voice Outreach. Voice Outreach at gmail.com we will link you up the, the link will be sent to you because you need to register you need to register so please be ready next week saturday woman at the world will be up make sure you tune in make sure you tune in ask for the link it will be sent to you all you just need to do is to register and then the link will be sent to you don't miss it you have to hear god's word till i come your way again next week this same time
mid uh, midday here in Edmonton, 7 p.m. West African time, and uh, 7 p.m. in Europe. Please always remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. God bless you. See you next week.